Welcome to Series 2 of the Dear Moving Podcast, where we share with you how we're enabling people to get moving. I'm Eve, Strategic Director at Greater Sport, leading, supporting and connecting Dear Moving, Greater Manchester's movement for movement. Supported by investment from Sport England, Greater Manchester partners have been taking a whole system place-based approach to embed physical activity into everything for happier, healthier, more connected communities and active lives for all. In each episode, we share stories of what this looks like in action in each of the 10 boroughs of Greater Manchester. I'm back in Manchester Central Library for today's episode. I'm speaking to Sarah Shard from Rochdale. Nicole is joining us again as one of my colleagues at Greater Sport, supporting the whole GM local pilot network. Rochdale is estimated to be home to over 218,000 people. The borough is split into four townships, Rochdale, Hayward, Middleton and Pennines, which includes Littleborough. The latest Active Lives results, published by Sport England, show that 64% of adults in Rochdale are now active for at least 30 minutes a week. Inactivity levels rise, however, for lower socioeconomic groups, people with disabilities or long-term health conditions and depending on age. We'll hear today how Sarah is working with local people and partners to co-design solutions to inactivity. I kick off by asking Sarah where her love of movement comes from and what gets her moving. Yeah, so I think going back to the days when I was at school, might be showing my age a little bit, (laughs) there was no internet, my parents didn't drive, so I was limited to what I could do in PE, and then went always playing football with the boys Um, (laughs) at lunchtime, that was my way of staying active when I was young, and then left school still not knowing what I could do, the only jobs were usually gym teachers and things like that. I started playing football at 18, went travelling and then decided to do a sports development degree. And then after that, that's where I started to get involved in the role that I'm doing now. I started playing hockey a few years ago as well. I do running, swimming, cycling as well. And I've done a few triathlons and a few half marathons as well. So. Stop there! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> out of it then? I think it's different things. I like walking with my dogs. That's sort of my way of getting out in the fresh air. The hockey's my team sport, the social side of it and the sense of achievement with your new friends that you've made. And then I also like sort of the individual where I I sort of set myself goals but I I do feel more active. My joints are moving, I sleep better and I feel like I'm in a better mood as well when I exercise. (laughs) Excellent. Have you been moving this morning then? Yeah, I actually cycled here as well and I've walked my dog this morning. <laughs> okay. Come on, Nicole. I know that you're active as well. So you're, uh, yeah, what do you get up to? Yeah, but it pales in comparison to that. You've, you, I really should have gone first. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so so I've got, you know, fair, my story, I suppose, is fairly similar to yours, Sarah, where you know, I kind of grew up 
well, where I grew up, you know, there was very little opportunities. I think back in, you know, when I was growing up in the 90s, you know, there was a couple of sports that was open to, to girls, like netball or things like that. But, you know, I was I was always hanging around with the, the boys and, you know, I kind of got into football from an early age and I played rugby from, you know, around 18 to, to kind of my late 20s, but had a had an injury and kind of um, stopped playing. But then recently I've picked up playing football. That for me, it's, it's more of a social league and I think that the reason I started doing that was because I've recently kind of moved from down south up to up to Manchester so it was a really good opportunity for me to to socialize and meet people and you know I get a lot of yeah that socialization out of out those sessions so it's really good yeah as well as keeping me fit and uh, healthy so many benefits mm-hmm. <laughs> they just keep flowing so a bit about your work now then your role and um, the local pilot in, in Rochdale and, and what you're doing Yes, yeah, so I've worked in Rochdale for your trust, which is formerly linked for life for 12 years now. And I've been working with people sort of in dis- disadvantaged areas as well. And sort of going away from sort of the gym memberships or focusing on people that are inactive and, and really sort of supporting people to, to move in more. So the last 12 months I've joined the local pilot team and that's more about getting people moving in general away from like physical activity and and sort of traditional sports like how can we just help people to move more in general so yeah things are seem to be going well in Rochdale We're, we're focusing on children and young people outside of the school setting also how we can encourage physical activity for people that aren't in work or who are at risk of losing their jobs as well and people who are aged 40 to 60 who are at risk of um, developing long-term health conditions and we've also been doing quite a lot of work in our inclusion as well so the, the local pilot's just been great it's about having that time to try things out that we might not have had time before without any pressures on targets like one example is we did some ladies only cycling sessions and we linked in with six different partners and it it probably took us six months to get that up and running and those ladies voices haven't been heard before and we really sort of linked into the community and spoke to them ladies and we've had like 80 ladies take part in the last couple of months and (laughs) That's just one example of the local pilot giving without having that pressure on, you know, you have to get this many people to your classes. So other than having a bit more time and, and space, and you said you work with different partners, anything in particular that you've learned in terms of how to then engage in that example, those women in that cycling um, over this period? Yeah, so with the ladies, we've had a, a link worker as well. So she's from the same areas and they feel that they can relate to her and and just having that person in the community has made a big difference rather than me just try to go in the other example we've used as well is uh, we've had a new pioneers project as well which is um, some residents who are a little bit isolated and and just need a bit of support in everyday life so rather than try to push them straight into physical activity we've looked at we've helped them out straight away so for example there's someone whose washing machine was broken and that was really important to them so instead of just trying to push physical activity and we help them get the washing machine sorted we'd help people get a job and that's the main thing just getting people mentally stable 
before we we tried to sort of throw him straight into traditional sports and and then we took the approach where we'd we'd actually walk you know go take him out on a day trip or walk to show him different areas of the borough um, because in lockdown a lot of people have just spent the same time in the communities and they're a bit fed up with that now so it's just encouraging like moving more through things like walking rather than just saying can you come to this exercise class can you come to the gym and going back to the cycling we, we had one lady and she heard about the cycling and she found out that she couldn't walk anymore she got osteoarthritis so she'd lost that walking network that social side of things and she was just at home for three months a bit depressed and when she found out about cycling it's like the best decision she's made in her life she said and she's got this new (laughs) new way of getting about now as well a new hobby which is not impacting her knees which which can't do walking anymore brilliant i think this is something that's really interesting about the local pilot part of it is giving us space to to do something different and have physical activity is maybe a bit of a byproduct rather than the absolute focus of, of what we're doing and there's loads of different outcomes and positive things it can impact on so I remember we had a conversation and you were saying about the the cycling sessions and and they'd started to um, have a bit of informal gathering afterwards where they'd each bring some food along and you know have a, a chat and you know have some food and then I think one of the ladies was she was on a bit of a health kick wasn't she and she was like sharing her journey and she encouraged the people to to bring like, healthier foods and things like that and it's, it's, it's stuff that, that kind of shoots off of physical activity that's that's so important there is you know talking about getting people together and you know reducing social isolation and encouraging people to try and you know eat a bit better and and so many so many positive things that you can get out of physical activity and another thing as well is the ladies wanted it in their community they felt safe so we really struggled to find a venue and then once we went down, met the ladies, built that report, they actually felt safe then. And, and then they, when we had to move the session, they all travelled together then. And it's like a day out for them to that session. And we, we did outside one of our leisure centres and one of this lady just said proudly, this is my gym, she, you know, give her that sort of sense of belonging. And we, we had one lady as well and she said, I, I came here alone and I left with family. <laughs> So go on, that all sounds warm and fuzzy and wonderful, <laughs> life-changing. Where's it been hard? Yeah, I think the main thing's obviously COVID. <laughs> you know, we've been trying to get things back up and running. We, we've been trying to set up our work at um, local park, Stonyfield Park, where we're having a new path installed, a, a new playground service, some picnic benches, some gates and plum trees and a wild meadow. That's part of the local pilot. We've had that time to try to get things up and going and there have been delays with covid and then after covid the with the contractors and the resources have have had a a bit of a backlog it's been difficult we've we've had to try to keep the community and also our partners involved and just update them be honest there's been a lack of trust in the past where things have been promised or not happened and and it's that sort of lack of trust that, you know, we, we're just, we won't deliver. So for us, it's just managing people's expectations and, and being realistic. So the way that we've done that is we, we've just kept people informed. We've been honest with them. Um, we've just told them to keep our trust in them. 
we've just sent a local newsletter out as well which has gone to 6,000 residents updating them and we're also trying to get a sign and notice board installed we've funded that as well so that'll have local updates for people and we've linked him with the council so the, the trust and the rapport and just being honest has been key for that the important part about Stonyfield Park and that investment is that the feedback that you got from residents was that the, the park was essentially a bog for nine, nine months of the year because it, there was no drainage there so you know residents were saying to you you know it's a great space it's you know a great pocket park but there's, there's you know we can't we can't access it for you know when it's raining and it rains quite a lot up here so in terms of that usage it's going to increase the usage you know you've put a path in there as well so you know you're more likely to get that usage increased and I think the really important thing about it is is just reflecting on what you said about that engagement that community has, has been constantly engaged and engaged and engaged and then partners sometimes through you know various different reasons haven't been able to deliver on on what they've promised or you know it's taken on time that kind of thing that investment has allowed you to to build that trust up with that community by delivering like you said and there has been challenges it's you know but i think your approach has been really good in you know constantly keeping them updated and a constant dialogue with them but you can see in the relationships and just the progress that you've made is you know it's it's brilliant it's really good I think now, maybe going forwards as well, the difficulty is um, a lot of activities in the past might have been funded for free in some areas before and the funding runs out and it's how to sustain them activities. So one of the things we're focusing at the moment is is sort of that aspect of things and trying to encourage um, some smaller donation towards the activity. But then at the same time, the people that can't afford it, can we look at some sort of voluntary donation of their time? Or can we encourage moving more things that aren't cost effective? You know, the, the cost is a barrier to keep them running in the long term. And then now we go into the, you know, obviously the, the rising cost of living, just people who just don't have the money. So they've been the challenges and, you know, we're looking at options and we're linking in with other authorities from the local pilot as well to learn what they're doing as well so we've heard how sometimes money can get in the way and it can be a key enabler can do both so how has the investment that's come from sport england into the local pilot how have how have you used that yeah it's it's just been really useful we've we've learned we've used it in different ways we've we've used it to develop the stonyfield park infrastructure in the park that we're putting in and and that'll be there long term so it's not money that is just going to go on like staffing costs and stuff like that so that'll be a long-term funding through that we've done work in the um, with the new pioneers as well to focus on the place-based approach and then we've also been using it to recover from covid to to start some of our activities back up as well and you've also got the community investment fund as well haven't you that you set up with the the local voluntary organization action together so that that enables that money to go straight into the community the community are coming forward aren't they and they're speaking to you about activities that they'd like to see in their area and then you know they can apply for this fund and you're kind of supporting them as they go along to make sure that the sessions are accessible and sustainable things like that another area as well is we focus on our inclusion as well so we want everyone to feel inclusive we've set up some multi-sport sessions some chair yoga as well and then now we're looking at a new session with adaptable bikes as well so we've we want our activities to be inclusion 
um, friendly so that could be setting up specific sessions or linking people into them another part of the project as well is the fact that we've sort of um, got some grant funding as well so we've not specifically relied on Sport England funding we've got a lot of township funding and we've linked in with public health and um, even Cycling UK and Transport for Greater Manchester so a lot of our projects are sort of matched funded by different organisations so that the money has managed to sort of oversee things for a long time Great so this changes the physical environment so it's more accessible whatever the weather which is key for all of us there's um, that partnership working and really you know both co-investment then for multiple partners and yeah. working together to make activities and resources far more inclusive and take it to where people are and then there's some yeah great points there around obviously access to some of the things that enable us to be active so be that you know adapted cycles for example and thinking more inclusively so trust has been a big feature in, in a lot of what you've said there um, with a real focus on how to involve local community and build up trust their trust in in you effectively and in the council and in those partners it goes both ways doesn't it so have you seen a shift in terms of the trust that then people you're working with in people and in communities because that's often critical if you want to shift where power is and where resources are um, any any changes in terms of actually trusting people to lead the way we during covid our community development team um, the council come to us and we all worked on the um, emergency response hub so ordering food parcels and prescriptions over the so we were all based to support linking in with the community to over like 18 months um, that's been key we've built our partnerships up and I think us changing our name to your trust has given both partners and community that trust in us the words started getting out on, you know, why we called that, why we've got our values. So we are now getting partners coming to us who trust us and then we trust the community as well. Um, we've just set up a new, there's a new cycling without age group that, and that's just led by volunteers as well. So I feel like before, you know, we, we, we just sort of got on with things and stuff, but now partners are linking in with us as well yeah i was just i was just thinking about the new pioneer sessions that you've you've had and um i know we've had a couple of conversations and i think there's a bit of a struggle sometimes isn't there with our wider system that we work with they they still feel that pressure of getting people into sessions and bums on seats and that kind of thing and i know that you know you've been really good at kind of pushing back and and saying to them no you know there's no pressure here it's absolutely fine look you know speak to the the residents speak to the people what is it that they want let's be led by them let's go where you know let their energy kind of take us and you know you've I think that's that's been really key to to trust in them and you know when they're talking to you listening as well rather than you know just kind of glossing over it or, or whatever you know you've really taken their feedback on board and tweaked the sessions and you know I just think you've, you've done a really good job there. So the Botchdale Pioneers so I know the Watchdog Pioneers is, you know, leading the way in terms of cooperatives and cooperation and have, you know, critical, made a massive difference. When you're talking about the Pioneers in Watchdale, can you talk us a, a little bit about what do you mean, who are they, what role do they play? Yes, yeah, so part of the local pilot was to link in with um, the council and the workforce and the work health and skills team. So we've had Emma on our team as well. Shout out to Emma, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'll yeah. be fuming if she doesn't get a name drop on this. Did you hear that, Emma? Yeah. Shout out. 
<laughs> yeah, so Emma's done an amazing job and she's sort of like linked in with workforce just in general and, you know, trying to get physical activity on, on work agendas and things like that. Um, who's also linked us into Suzanne, who is leading on the new Pioneers project. So it's a project run through the council and it's focusing on people sort of who might be a bit isolated in the flats and who just need that bit of support. So one of the key things about that is uh, the link worker will actually, it'll be person-led, they'll do a lot of one-to-one support for that person. So it's different to other projects, whereas if they get that person into work, they don't just leave them then because mm-hmm. that person will still have problems with their bills. They'll still have other things like that. So they'll, they'll just really focus on supporting them, the person in general as well for as long as they need. There's no sort of like, right, tick box. What we learned as well through the project is, you know, we give them a survey and we're like, what are you interested in? And now start reflecting. Sometimes you tick the boxes that you might want to tick mm. and don't really get that honest answer. You know, we, we, we tried to, you know, set a few activities up and it was low attended. So we put an engagement event as well because we wanted them people to feel part of that community and they all come along and, you know, someone said... I arrived feeling nervous and I left with a smile, feeling pride in my community. And just by, like, the local pilot, like, instead of diving in and putting a badminton session in, you know, we we did some consultation. We're like, what do you actually enjoy? I like watching TV. So then it's like, could we look at maybe doing an activity, walking him to, to see a film and walking to see physical activity element. So the key part there was to, to sort of build that rapport up and going back to sort of the partnership where there was me and Claire, put Claire in as well. Me and Claire have sort of like used our expertise on getting things ready in the background, whereas Suzanne has just been that lead to link in. She's got the trust, she knows what the pioneers want, they've got a WhatsApp group. It, it has been really good. We've, we've, we had one gentleman, we held an event and one of the new pioneers, he wanted to get involved, so he, he was a person on the desk, you know, doing the registration and now he wants to look at a career maybe in sort of event stewarding and things like that. Um, we had volunteers at the events as well. So with the group, we've, we've done activities like we've done healthy eating and they all shared it on the WhatsApp group as well. We took him to Hollingworth late on the walk and sale session, you know, because after COVID, a lot of people are just bored, like we said before, being in the, their own area. So it's working with that group. I think there's a, maybe 50 people in, in the area and it's just exercises sometimes at the side kick off it it sounds like you've done a lot of weaving Watchdale's known for its weavers as well so you know <laughs> that's what I was going to say because I've I've been working you know with Rochdale from the, the local pilot team at Great Sport for I say you know three four years now and I've definitely seen a real kind of shift in that partnership approach so just the amount of names that you've kind of reeled off there and the different places that they're from you know it's not just one organization that's pushing this work in Rochdale there's a real you know, there's variety of people around that table that you've got people like the, the work and health team at the, at the council, you know, you've got public health involved, Action Together are, are kind of there as well. And, you know, so they they believe in this work and they want to improve the, the health and, you know, the well-being of people in Rochdale. You know, it's, it's fantastic to see it really is. And it's that strategic leadership as well, isn't it? And I, th- I think I've really seen a, a shift in that as well. And, you know, loads of, of those people there that, that have, have created 
that space for for us to work in this way because you know it's it's you do need time don't you you've you've reflected on it you know it does take time to build those relationships and and make sure that your approach is right so yeah you know well done to, to them yeah and I think it is having that trust from both ways we've got the trust from the community and the trust from the top so we you know we trusted that we'll get on with it and we sort of left to it in a way without saying you know why has nothing happened and the linking with the councillors has been huge as well and yeah. um, just developing Stonyfield Park they've allocated some of their township funding to enable the, count, um, the park to develop and they're really sort of passionate about what's going in and 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 they're also we've got local community groups who feed back to the community who we, we can't directly contact so that freedom and autonomy comes across mm-hmm. as well Any, anything else i suppose around the conditions within the place and within the system that you think have been a particular enabler i think it's just adapting to each individual and community like you know we've developed stonyfield park in one area we've got park walks in another area like bench to bench sessions are over all of our other activities as well it's just knowing what that community wants and like we were saying before just listening to people as well like if what works in one area might not necessarily work in another area um, another couple of projects we've just started to link into as well is working with some asylum seekers so we've linked in with like the family um, support workers at the council as well when the children at school are the, the the parents are a bit isolated so we're looking at like coffee mornings so again we've had four weeks of coffee mornings the the young children have signed up already to some of our activity programs and it's just made this like nice little group as well and we've not even mentioned physical activity yet we're just building that rapport you know letting it be their session and then a couple of weeks time you know we'll we'll start to see what they actually want from the group Another example was a sheltered accommodation manager coming through to us a few weeks ago and said, we're looking at um, putting some exercise classes on for, can you do some gentle exercise? So we had a conversation in a bit more detail and was like, well, is that what the residents actually want? And Mm -hmm. when there was that wider conversation, an honest conversation, it's the fact that they're still not leaving the, the flats from COVID as well. So... It's like, can we look at taking trip um, on a trip shopping, you know, to get them feeling confident back out in the community. So instead of just putting an exercise class on that might not be sustainable, mm-hmm. let's go right back to basics. So it's just key to, you know, linking every different what's in one community we can learn but it might not work in another one so it's just knowing each area simple stuff isn't it it's simple but so powerful these stories just keep coming i think like mentioned before just being on that response hub was a huge sort of turning point for us because you know i think it was about 20 of us that stopped in and we were working all hours through the covid I think a lot of people and, you know, and our relationship with the council got stronger then as well. And people realise that we're more than just a couple, you know, leisure centres. We we do a lot of outreach work, we do a lot of community work and we completely focused. And I think a lot of the, you know, maybe the the borough um, partners actually realised, you know, what we can do and, and we all pulled together and, we've all got a wide variety of skills knowledge and experience and 
if someone needs to know something they'll just go to someone else and between us we'll, we should work it out hopefully <laughs> and you know we'll, we'll go out of our way you know nothing, nothing's too little and sometimes you do have to say no if stuff isn't possible but if there's a will there's a way and if we can't do it we'll you know we'll try to get there somehow and there's been a real I mean a conscious effort hasn't there in terms of supporting that culture within your leisure um, and already influencing in terms of the rest of Greater Manchester in terms of the work around leisure trusts pivoting towards health and well-being it feels like that's what you're doing in action that's what you're talking about you know really supporting putting people what matters to them their health and well-being absolutely first and and being a team mm-hmm. that will all recognise that and do what absolutely you can rather than just saying that your job is to, you know, yeah. sell physical activity, um, mm-hmm. which is, yes, the ripple effect across Greater Manchester is already seen and felt, isn't it? In terms of what next, yeah, question is, what, what's next? What what does the future do you think look like in Rochdale? The local pilot's been a big eye-opener as well. The funding's been great and it's just reflecting on like what we've learned now and the way that we work and feeding that back to other you know people that we work with as well. Just the approaches of, you know, not diving in with traditional activities, learning more from the community, building our partners' links. And then the projects that we're working on as well. So Stonyfield Park, we've, you know, we're, we're developing the infrastructure and then we'll start to take a, a, a seat a bit further back and we want the community to then to take some ownership. We're speaking to people as well and, you know, just getting them to think of new innovative ways of being active rather than your, your traditional ways of moving more. And we've got a really good linking with Sport England as well. And, and we've just developed an active travel forum as well steering group which is is really going well so linking into sort of climate change and living costs and stuff like that and then the next focus now is community safety because we want to start we we just looking at how to link into that if we can make the community a safe place people are more likely Mm -hmm. to feel comfortable i feel like there's still lots to come there's um, people listening that go completely inspired by what they've heard and they've heard that everyone's got a role to play any kind of advice about how they can get involved yeah just like don't be afraid to you know do anything like everyone's got their own sort of personal goal and achievement it might be that you go for a walk on your own to clear your head you might go for a walk with your friends to socialize you might want have your own individual goals so there's something there for everyone and just don't think of exercise as a sort of a tick you know want it to be something that you enjoy brilliant well thank you sarah fantastic advocate and then uh, yes yeah, and lovely, lovely conversation so thank you and then um, enjoy the rest of your day wherever it takes you cheers <laughs> thanks. thanks for listening to this gm moving podcast episode we've heard how moving matters to everybody and how we can all play a role to design moving back into everyday life. Now, we'd love to hear how you keep moving and the ways you are supporting others to live an active life. You can contact us on our socials or on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Greater Sport and don't forget the hashtag DMMovingInAction. Please do share this episode with people and organisations who will find it useful. And join the movement for movement. A big thank you to everyone who's investing in this work and playing their part to test, to learn and to make this happen. This series is a Mike Media production.